Hello and welcome to Leadership, the Future and Tea, a podcast hosted by Andy Davis featuring Ian Moffat, Deborah Hartung and Hitton Bat, a podcast for people who are passionate about making a difference at work. Welcome everybody to Leadership, the Future and Tea. I'm joined by our special guest today, Megan McCann. Megan, welcome. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Uh, no problem. Ian, are you there still? I am here and uh, Megan, absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. We can't wait to get started on this. But Megan, before we do, I'm just going to uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you, okay? So bear with me, everybody, for this, because this is a fantastic run through. Megan is an established IT recruitment and technology services leader, known for building and leading highly successful IT services firms and for the work she does to advance diversity and cultivate talent across the technology industry. Megan's impact on tech community far exceeds her day-to-day work as CEO of her own firm, Passionate about attracting, retaining, and advancing women in technology, Megan's a proud co-owner of ARA. ARA, we'll come back to that. A national organisation that, that seeks to promote women in technology and leadership through mentorship, networking, and open discussion. She is also a founding partner of the Chicago Executive Women's Networking Group. Wow, no spare time there then. That's some CV, right? Oh, thank you. It's nice of you to say. That's, it's really impressive, Megan, and we, we, we're delighted that you're here because you are exactly the leader that uh, that we want people to hear from and uh, we want people to learn from, okay? And that's the whole raison d'etre of this podcast. So if you're all right, we're going to ask you the first question. Let's go. Let's, Let's do go. It. One of the great questions to get anybody started is, who is your leadership role model and why? It is a great one, and it took me not long to answer it or think of it. It's actually my dad and my dad passed away when I was 14. So it's it's interesting that I would use him as my leadership model. But growing up, I am the oldest of three and he would say to me and to my brothers that there were three lessons that were the most important part of life. And, you know, as a child, you heard these things from your parents and we rolled our eyes and made faces and, you know, all the things that kids do. Right. And now as an adult, I realize they are, gosh, for me, they are foundational to who I am both as a human and a leader. And three, three simple things. One, everyone puts their pants on the same way, one (laughs) leg at a time. And then he would always turn to me and say, Megan, even if you're wearing a skirt, you step into it one leg at a time. And and the notion is that we're all equal equal, right? Of course we are. Uh, Number two, you have a firm handshake and you always look people in the eye. And I think that just shows respect and builds trust in relationships. And three, you always find a way to give back to your community. And it doesn't matter what it is, large Mm -hmm. or small, you find a way to give back. And when I look at everything I've done in my career and the work I've done with Ara and the other organizations here in the, the Chicagoland area, it all comes back to those three simple lessons that were shared over and over again from my my dad throughout my childhood. Fantastic. Well, it's just Fantastic. powerful to grow up with that, isn't it? My, my dad used to say uh, two things to me. He used to say, um, go and work hard and enjoy yourself. Yes. And, and, and that was it. And um, wherever I went, whatever job I went to, whatever trial or tribulation I was going through, um, at the end of the end of the conversation, those would be the two things that he left ring, ringing in my ears. And uh, and again, it's it, 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 like your dad, right? It's uh, it's an amazing set of leadership lessons that they can give you right from the outside, isn't it? 
Yes, yes. And and then you just continue to build on those, right? Yeah. Through behavior that's modeled or shown to you throughout your experience with any individual. It doesn't matter what yeah. their level is, right? You can learn um, from everyone around you, those that are senior level to you, those that are up and comers that you mm. might have as part of your direct reports. Yeah, definitely. That leads us on to the next question nicely, which is about what are the, the traits then that you look for in leaders? My top three would be integrity, yep. adaptability, and empathy. Lovely, lovely. And do you know what the the latter two there, adaptability really and empathy. Really a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are those are in the top three probably, aren't they? Ian? Um, uh, they are. Yeah. yeah. They are. The integrity, by the way. Um, I I feel that that's one thing that I I just live and die by. You know, integrity. It doesn't matter who you are, whatever job you're doing, anywhere in the world. Uh, without integrity, quite frankly, you're no one to begin with. Um, the, and then the adaptability, the empathy, those are absolutely the, the, the key leadership traits, aren't they? They're, they're, and, they're critical at the moment. Yeah. If you think about yeah. it, that's where they come up so often because of the, um, and, it, you know, COVID's come along. It's not just going to be COVID in the future. It's going to be more and more business model disruption because we're going through recessions. They always change the world, right? Mm. Um, and we're going to have different competition and more competition coming from different places because remote, remote work's been proven. So, yes. you know, yes. this, you know, adaptability, <laughs> man, it's going to, you're yeah. going to have to be super adaptable and flexible, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. It will be very interesting to me. Um, a friend introduced this concept to me of the new next versus the new normal. Like and it. that's something that I think we're all going to need to spend a lot of time on because mm. we have now proven that what we thought was the model we needed to use is actually not the model we have to use. Now, there are certainly valuable things that come from the model of being together. There's no doubt about that. But there's also, you can find efficiencies other ways. And mm. we, we are going to really need to think about that. Certainly, as we continue to hire and we look at what the future of our workforces look like and our office spaces and our collaboration tools, all of that is really, I think, there's great opportunity for change, um, even if it's a little uncomfortable working our way through it. Yeah. And I think that when you've got that level of, a, of, a, of need for adaption, You've also got transformational change, right? So you, yes. you've, you've got to really treat individuals as individuals and inspire them and, and sort of influence that future journey, you know, uh, and, and also foster, I think, innovation. You've got to you've got to get people innovating. So, yeah, I think empathy is really important. I'm just yeah. going to go back to your integrity thing there uh, just for a minute, Megan, and just say that um, as, as we move over the next few months, one of the things that we are going to see an increasing amount of is stories that are going to come out of companies. So I always, I'm passionate about stories, right, that are actually a fundamental part of any organization's culture. Okay. And some of those stories that are going to come out are about how people have been treated during COVID within the companies. Um, so we're going to see whether companies delivered empathy or not, whether leaders rather were responsible for supporting that with empathy. And equally about the integrity. So what we're seeing in the UK, and it started already, is we had a job retention scheme funded by the government. And we're already starting to see uh, fraud cases come out of that, where actually uh, you know, people put in fraudulent claims around that. And um, yeah, that that's just the starting point. We, we, <laughs> in a year's time, we'll, we'll be sitting here with hundreds of case studies about both aspects of that, both integrity and empathy, both lack of or examples of. So I, I look forward to seeing those as well.
I, 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 I agree that we will see uh, both and we already are, right? Mm. Uh, my hope is, you know, again, I see the, the glass half full versus half yep. empty. I want to believe yep. in the good of people. Sure. So I hope that good will win over, yeah, you true. know, that, you know, I hope, I really do. I, I, we'll see. It remains yeah, to be seen. Listen, I'm hoping that the uh, that the bad examples are in the very small percentage. I'm I'm with you on that entirely. Yeah, definitely. Um, let me just uh, bring it back to um, a, a bit more about you, okay? Because I've read your blog, right? You have a fantastic blog sat there, and uh, I again I encourage people to please go and have a read of this. And we're going to post a whole pile of links at the bottom of the show notes for you all, and it'll include a link to to Megan's blog. And you and you mentioned in there. Uh, and you said, I am able to detect disappointment, hurt, frustration, anxiety and more as they try to find what their new normal is going to, to be. And I want to ask that for those people who have been displaced by COVID-19, what's your advice to them about finding new employment, please? Sure, that's a good one. I think for me, what in so many facets of life, and it certainly applies to the job search process, the only thing that you can control is your your activity towards the process, right? Whether you're applying for jobs, whether you're having networking conversations, you're leveraging relationships for introductions, yep. researching companies, preparing for conversations, those are all of the activities that you can control. What you can't sure. control is how they're going to be received and what mm -hmm. the outcome is. But I'm a firm believer in the fact, and I've seen it time and time again, through my own business and certainly through the work that uh, we do with customers and our candidates, that if you put the work in and you, you know, make a plan for yourself, right? Make some sure, goals yeah. for yourself. Let that drive the process for you rather than worrying that you aren't carrying back or things aren't moving as quickly as you might like them to. You cannot control any of those factors. They're their exterior to you. So I really encourage people to think about it from that, that lens. And in times like now where people are having their employment impacted without them wanting to have it in, impacted, I think it becomes yeah. even more important because that's when I can hear that, that frustration, they're hurt. It's a loss. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to, to recognize it as such, but then take action to feel like you're moving forward. You have to give yourself time to, to mourn. Um, that, that's part of loss, which in, yep. losing a job is loss, right? And yeah, so I think you, you have to give yourself uh, permission to feel what you need to feel, feel all the feels, work your way through it, and then just start making meaningful progress. Give yourself some goals. It gives structure to your day. So while you aren't going to quote unquote work, look at the process of looking for work as your job and figure out a way, a project plan around that, that will help you feel like you are doing the work that needs to be done, getting interaction with people. Um, we have been, we McCann Partners has been hosting a couple of roundtables, one of which is for women in transition. And the reason that we were doing it and decided to do it is because we were hearing time and time again that those that were in transition were yeah. feeling disconnected. And yeah. so we bring resources to this group and facilitate conversations. We'll bring guest speakers and so forth. And it builds community. So look for mm -hmm. organizations or groups like that to have accountability partners and to just network and share what you're, you're you know you're seeing and hearing. It's it's fascinating because this group has come together now and they're 
social distance walking because they realize they live in the same town. They're sharing leads with one another. And so being out of work doesn't mean you need to be on an island by yourself. There are ways to find groups and people to support you through that process. That's that's, that's wonderful. And I love the fact that that you've already been supporting those people in transition. Um, And again, uh, your website has got some amazing resources on the uh, ARA uh, resources, hasn't it? Some videos and uh, all sorts of things and events as well. Um, So, uh, yeah, again, people, please uh, have a look at those links. But um, one of the things that we've been seeing recently is that because of covid it's it's it doesn't uh it doesn't distinguish between people and industries right there's, there's industries that have sat there for many 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 years untouched by anything that all of a sudden the people are now finding themselves as long-serving employees out of jobs looking for jobs and for those people um i've, I've spoke to a couple recently and the, the 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 difficulty is for those people to realize that they're not just the employer that they were with they are right. a person with completely transferable mm-hmm. skills um, and that's one of the messages I've been giving out to people. Think about your transferable skills. What you've been doing in your old company uh, can be applicable in your new company, or even if it's in a different job. Okay, you are not completely stoved pipe into one job or employer. Yeah, agreed. That's good. Agreed. Yeah, cool. Thank you for that. That's uh, enlightening, and I hope that people take your advice. That's no, brilliant. I I just wanted to um, have a look a bit more at that. You've been doing a lot of work in terms of advancing women in their technological industries. And um, I just wanted to, if you could share, what do you s- still see as the the main barriers for uh, for women securing leadership positions in those types of industries? It's interesting. I listened to a, a podcast uh, for a woman, uh, Leslie Vickery, and she does a lot of work in the marketing space. I know you all are familiar with Leslie. Yeah. And if you listen to her podcast, she's primarily interviewing women in staffing. And as you listen to the podcast, one of the the themes that I have seen come out of it is that there is this middle layer of women, uh, specifically in the staffing industry. And I would argue, as I reflect on the clients that I support, I can certainly see it in the IT space, that are holding up the leaders. Uh, And when I say that, a lot of the leaders at that next level, maybe at the C level, could be VP or SVP. Uh, predominantly male in many Mm -hmm. situations, but then there's this level right here that is this middle level that is creating the success for so many, Mm -hmm. but they're kind of like unsung heroes, right? If they aren't out touting what they're doing and their leader does not recognize it in some form or fashion, then they're kind of stuck at that level. And it's an interesting dynamic, even if you think about it in the context context of a lot of dual income families. At the end of the day, we've been told this time and time again through some of the ARA events we've done over the last seven or more years. The C-level executive will say he'll have a line of gentlemen outside his door coming in to tell him all the great things that they've done that day. But the women that were their peers were already out the door on their way home to their next job because they held the lion's share of the responsibilities and home life. And it occurred to him that this was happening. And so he made a more conscientious effort to reach out to them versus have them come to him so he could still be aware and track what they were doing because he didn't want to overlook that group. And so I think that's where the opportunity is, right? Both from us having leaders that 
recognize the work that's being done, but we as women also need to speak up and find a way that's comfortable for us to do that. And I know that confidence is something, another theme we hear time and time again, but you have to, in order to be heard, you have to have a voice and you have to use it. And so I think there's responsibility from all aspects of this issue, right? Top down, bottom up and in the middle, which is where the opportunity is for the next layer of, of great leaders. They're already there. We just need to really uh, advance that group as what I would say, those high performers Yeah, and put programs in, in place to do that. Yeah, no, t- yeah, agreed. Yeah, you, you touched on a point. I was um, uh, Wall Street. Like Lauren Weber from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, uh, sorry, did a recent article in the Wall Street Journal, and it was about that sort of um, and his bias towards you know the opportunities uh, and the the potential disadvantages and barriers that that, that women have during um, during this this period that we're in with with COVID nineteen, right, um, and how they can and can't get their careers advanced because of, you know, sort of long held bias in societal expectation, I suppose. So um, what, what are your thoughts on that area of, of those those kind of broader restrictions and, and continued barriers? We certainly need to look at equitable distribution of workloads for dual income families, especially those with kiddos or elder care, uh, you know, responsibilities. Unfortunately, during COVID, I think many organizations needed to pivot. And I think to stay relevant, they needed to do that. And there's an opportunity for us to do that now. We've proven Mm -hmm. the remote model of work is a viable model. And so we need to look more holistically at how to leverage the the opportunity to, to be able to be remotely to help support that group of people and men included if they take responsibility for the home care of of things and we have to figure the the conversation out more broadly I would say and I think there's opportunity to be creative I have a woman that is working for me right now who called last week and she joined us over the last handful of months so she's new to the organization and she I could hear again in her voice that catch as soon as I picked up the phone and I said what's going on? And she had just gotten news that uh, the kids, her children, her child was not going to be able to return to school. Mm-hmm. Her husband works out of the house and is not able to help with school activities. Her family is not local. And I said, we are going to figure this out. Like you may not be able to work 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday, eight to five, but there are plenty of ways to look at synchronistic and asynchronistic schedules. Yeah, absolutely. Be connected, right? Um, we have the context of a, a five-day work week. That may need to change, right? I'm not an advocate for working seven days a week. I may do it, but I don't want my team to do it. Yeah. However, yeah. if kids aren't going back to school and there are dual income families and we want to continue to help women, you know, advance and, and thrive in their careers. We're going to need to look at this as a broader topic. How do we create something that allows for that to happen? How do we adjust schedules? I happened to read during this time, a book um, recommended uh, by a client called Remote, and it's uh, written by the founders of 37 Signals. 
And it talks about this. They have people in Chicago, they have people in, uh, I think it's Norway, if I'm not mistaken, could be Sweden. Anyway, doesn't matter where they are. They're yeah. across the globe. A long and, way. Yeah. Right. Like they needed to sit down and say, when do we absolutely have to be together? Mm-hmm. What are the activities that need to be done? Or what are the timeframes that need to be covered? Yeah. And then go work whenever you want to work. Get your work done in the way that's productive for you, that works yeah. with your lifestyle, that when you feel like the most creative and that's like the best time to put your best work forward. It may not be between eight and five. Yeah. And so I, I think looking at that is, is really important. There's also a wellness component to all of this. And I think, you know, some organizations have looked at like wellness stipends mm-hmm. or, you know, enforcing you have to take time off. People aren't taking time off because they're saying they don't yeah. have anywhere to go. So all of these kind of play into it. But it's, it, it's a broader conversation and it's not going away. And the conversation also starts at home, right? Mm-hmm. So having yeah. the, the thing I also have heard from those that are continuing to thrive and grow their careers, they have a partner at home that's helping them do that. Yeah. And I think that's another really important part of the conversation to figure that out. Um, and there's give and take all across the board on that. Yeah. Brilliant. Definitely. I, and. And Megan, just so we're clear on this, right? What, what you've just described there is 100% right. But this was no different prior to COVID, right? The the requirement to actually be that flexible, empathetic leader to look after your people, to really think about how you can each get the best out of each other, has always been there. Yes, yes. I think COVID and everything that's happening around the globe has given us a moment to pause and realize that maybe and brought it to the forefront even more so than it may have been in the past. You know, we all can get on the proverbial wheel, the hamster wheel and just go. And it's, it's almost like rote. You just go, 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 go until you don't go anymore. And it's usually from exhaustion or sickness or many other factors that cause people to pause. Yeah. Yeah. This has created a pause for us, which is also an opportunity to relook at this in a, in a deeper, more, more meaningful way to support our talent yeah 100 percent. yeah and absolutely i'm hoping this links in because in the introduction we mentioned about uh, ara uh, yeah. i'm i might have called it ara so you're going to correct me now okay um please tell us about ara and how this can help sure sure so it is ara you are absolutely correct and it stands for attract retain and advance women in technology and leadership And much like your podcast is a passion project for the four of you, Aura is a a passion project for me along with my two co-founders. And it actually started, gosh, we honestly can't remember how many years ago, probably (laughs) 15. For a long time, we said it was like seven until we realized that we really had been saying it was seven for seven years. So it was really (laughs) more like 15 trying not to date ourselves, but it came out of three of us. um, Another, uh, uh, a good friend in the industry who at the time was working for a global recruitment firm. She Mm -hmm. has since joined the McCann Partners team. And then uh, Leslie Vickery, the co-founder or the founder of um, Clear Edge Marketing. And the three of us were at a dinner here in Chicago. And again, it'll date us, but at the end of the evening, you were still able to smoke in restaurants here in Chicago. So at the end of the evening, we were probably one of 
the three of us were probably three of five women in the room. Okay. End of the evening, people bellied up to the bar and were having scotch and smoking cigars. And that just was not our scene. And then we realized, well, maybe the fact that there aren't more women here is because this isn't a place that feels welcoming. So what should we do about it? So we started what's called the Chicago Executive Women's Networking Dinner. And those were, it started with the three of us and slowly we grew. Um, Pre-COVID, we hosted one a quarter and usually had between 65 and 85 women, depending on the size of the venue. But it was meant to be a way to support one another, to help lift one another. It was a non-sales focused event. And it was truly just to, to bring women together to feel community. Every time we got together, the same conversation would surface. Where are the women? Why are they not coming back? They're not coming back after maternity leave. They're not coming back after serving the country. They're leaving. They don't feel included. What can we do about it? And that's where Ara was born. Uh, We felt like we couldn't continue to have these dinners without taking action to Mm -hmm. do something positive to try to make an impact. And that's really what ARA is about. The basis is mentorship. We started with a one-to-one mentoring program that was not sustainable or scalable. So we moved to the one-to-many model, so through events. And now we're remote, which means that people across the globe can tune in. In fact, we are producing a five-part series um, that built on a webinar we hosted in June called Allyship in Action. So this is an installment that is looking at how we can be better allies to many or underserved organizations, many served underserved populations. And so we are kicking that off on August the 19th. And um, since it is remote, we welcome anyone to attend and look at some of the resources that are certainly on the ARA mentors website, just in terms of not only programming, but just seeing the the types of organizations that have plugged in to support the initiative and understanding that it's, this is a topic that's really important to them. Well, I've, uh, I've read your uh, website with with great interest and it's an incredible list of people that have pledged their support, right? It's not an average list. It is quite amazing. So that the support there is, is phenomenal. The resources, the videos i read uh, the article about the allyship as well actually um there's some great stuff on that i really hope that uh, anybody that's listened to this takes a few minutes out just go and click on one of the links at the bottom of the show notes and go and have a look at ara and uh, hopefully you'll be able to either get something out of yourself or if you can't then you may be able to refer the website onto somebody who can um absolutely. Is, is the, okay megan yeah great yeah, absolutely great. and the other thing i would say is to any of your listeners if there are topics that they would be interested in hearing about, yeah. especially now that we can do some of this remotely, let us know. We, we we take that feedback very seriously. And that's really why we brought this next five-part series yeah. to light is because it was such an important conversation and the feedback was so remarkable that we said we need to continue. We want to continue. Let's do this. So we love to hear from your listeners and um, others that that might feel the content is valuable to them. What a wonderful offer. Um, please, people, uh, take, take Megan up on that offer, um, definitely. Uh, so I just want to move on to the next sort of obvious link to, to this, which uh, you're an incredibly networked uh, lady, right, across business, across multiple businesses, in fact, and different ventures that you've got going. So do you, and this is a question I ask on behalf of probably a lot of people that are listening, do you actively build your network or does it just evolve? 
I would say actively build. There is a component that does have it evolve, but it's like anything else. A network is about relationships. And the yeah. only way to build relationships is to nurture them. And yeah. even in COVID, you have to find a way to do it. You have to find a unique way to engage with people and check in with them. Someone sent me this amazing article from my network last week. It was a very funny one for women about missing their shoes. And <laughs> And it was just, it, it hit a it hit a button because I love shoes. And I then took it and sent it on to another handful of women. And you know what? It was, it was a single touch point. It was, uh, it was, it was a silly article, but it brought some life and hope and joy into Man. someone's mailbox. That is just small little things that yeah. can just make an impact on relationships. They absolutely need to be nurtured though. Absolutely. Brilliant, brilliant. And and again, in terms of a piece of advice to to, to individuals that are, that are out there that maybe looking just to connect with folks, looking for jobs, looking for uh, pieces of advice, uh, I keep telling people, don't ever be afraid just to hit that button um, to connect and send a message to somebody. Personalise your invite and say, hey, uh, dear Megan, it'd be great if you could appear on our podcast. Here's the link. Uh, please come and join us, Andy. You know, it literally can start a conversation, can't it? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, just take that. You don't ask, step. you don't give someone the opportunity to say yes. That's it. That's all it is. That's yeah. all it is. And uh, let me tell you that um, for everybody listening, that when we've reached out to people and asked them to come along and take part in the podcast, people have been so incredibly generous with the time. They have. And, uh, it's been a fantastic response. Yeah, and we've had a fantastic response. So please don't ever be afraid to uh, press that connect button. Okay. Cool. Ian, I'm going to let you uh, dive in with the question now. Yeah, uh, and I'm just conscious uh, we're rolling up towards the hour. We are, here. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been brilliant. But one of the things that um, I've, I've kind of grown to ask quite often, I suppose, is um, how do you think leadership's going to change post-COVID? Because we're going to come out the other side of COVID-19, that's for sure. So how how is it going to have that long-lasting effect on leadership, do you think? Great question. I am learning about patience and the power of a pause even when you know it is more critical than ever to change, adapt, innovate, all of those things are integral pillars to success and, and to continued sustainability. But I think it's, I think you need to take a moment and take stock. And um, maybe that's where some of the empathy as a leader comes in to realize what's happening around you and, and what it's doing to you so that you understand how it's going to impact whatever decision you make on a go forward basis, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that is, is a tough lesson. You know, when, when COVID started, like many organizations, our business model changed dramatically overnight, right? You know, we yeah. are an IT recruitment organization. We started lockdown on a Monday on the 13th of March. And by Friday, our activity had gone from over 20 some opportunities to two. Wow. Yeah. And I was fearful. Mm. I was fearful. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I recognized what it was. I recognized that it was fear. And again, I could let the fear control me or I could take control of, this, of the situation. Yeah. But I had to be patient with myself to get to that decision point. And then I had to be patient with myself about making decisions that I knew were impacting others. Uh, and understanding that I wasn't doing it to hurt them. I was doing it as a leader and trying to make the right business decision in the most kind way that I could that would 
keep everyone okay. Yeah. Those are powerful lessons, right? Um, and I suppose I could have, like other leaders, just pushed through it and not have taken stock of what was happening, right? But that mm -hmm. notion of understanding what was happening, what was pushing me to feel the way I was feeling, feeling, and then kind of making the best path forward. That's brilliant. Brilliant. I'm, I'm inspired by that. And uh, yeah, we, we all agree that uh, leadership is going to change post COVID. OK, we, we all we all agree that I think the main thing is that people are yet to figure out that in some um, in some companies, others are desperately trying to stay the same. And if they do that, they're probably not going to survive. OK, so uh, that's the reality there. Uh, it sounds as though that you're uh, you're already on that track of making huge changes. So uh, good, good for you and good luck to you. We will look forward to hearing uh, about your story in the future. Um, so we're, we're right coming towards the end now. And uh, again, I love asking this question because we get some amazing answers on this one. So what's your leadership legacy going to be, Megan? Lifting others. Wow. Wow. That's the most wow. succinct one we've had so far. Yeah. Lifting Powerful. others. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic legacy and uh, yeah, brilliant. Well, we don't need to don't need to dwell on that because that's just such a such a powerful one. Let me ask you the next question then. What resources would you like to leave people with? And we're going to link all of this in the show notes. Oh, thank you. Certainly visit McKeonPartners.com just to learn about us, our community impact, which is hugely important to me. Yep. Our blogs, we're, we're going to launch a, another new blog series coming up here soon. So we try to put content out there that is on leadership and on uh, on growth and certainly related to the tech field. So a little yep. bit of something for everyone. Um, please do visit Ara's website, Ara Mentors, and you can find out more about the programming that we'll, we'll be offering. And certainly reach out to me directly via email. You can do it through the info uh, email address on the website. Those come to me directly. I will respond if, if people have questions, want to connect, find me on LinkedIn. And certainly happy to help if anyone needs some career coaching or just wants to bounce ideas off of what they're seeing, more than happy to have those conversations. Fantastic. Wow. What an offer. Um, I, I hope that there's people out there that as a result of this actually pick up the phone or the email to you. Um, and please let us know, right? We'd love to know if uh, we're actually having an impact, um, not as much as you maybe, uh, but just even to uh, refer people to you. We're, we're delighted with that impact. Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I, I'm a firm believer that any impact doesn't matter how incremental it can make a difference. So kudos to you all yeah. for what you're doing to make a difference. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, we're at the end of our time, uh, Megan. Um, again, I, I set out every day to learn something new, and I've definitely done that today from you. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the conversation. I'm going to enjoy listening to this one back. Um, so yes, thank you very much for your time. We're going to wrap up there. Thank you, Megan. Thank you for having me. It was a delight. Awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Uh, so that's been Leadership, the Future and Tea with our special guest, Megan McCann. Uh, please do go and have a read of all of those resources. Uh, please subscribe to the channels. And if you can, leave us a rating on uh, Apple. Uh, we'll be delighted uh, with any of that as well. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Megan. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify so we can continue to reach more people and spread the message.